Hello and welcome to this Endo Life. I'm Jessica Duffin. I'm an Endo Warrior and Endo Health Coach, and this podcast is all about living and thriving with endometriosis. As always, this podcast is here for educational purposes only. Please consult your medical practitioner before making any nutritional changes or bringing in any supplements. Before we dive into today's episode, I want to give a shout out to my lovely sponsors at BU. And I wanted to tell you about their new bath bombs, which are naturally made and contain beautiful essential oils. And their peppermint and eucalyptus essential oils um, bath bomb is doing so well right now with endometriosis community. They're getting loads of feedback about it. And, you know, if you love the patches themselves you're going to love the bath bombs because essentially it's (laughs) the patch in a bath bomb um so you know if you're on your period or if you're in pain you could have a bath with some of the bath bombs or one of them I don't know you could have multiple if you want um and then yeah get out the bath maybe rub in some cbd balm and put your patch on top, which is um, what a lot of people are feeding back that they're doing. So um, I would love to do that, but um, I don't have a bath, so I can't. But if you have a bath, um, then, you know, I think these new bath bombs could be a lovely way to help alleviate some of your pain. So if you'd like to check them out, you can go to BU, which is buonline.co.uk, And you can also order them from anywhere in the world on cultbeauty.co.uk and they deliver worldwide. So before we dive into today's episode, I wanted to give a shout out to the lovely girls at Semaine. They are two sisters with endometriosis. They've been on the show before and they founded Semaine, which is a supplement company for people with periods to originally their first supplement was to aid with PMS and period pain. And I know that it is a lifesaver for so many people with endometriosis and painful periods. I absolutely love that supplement. It's really helped me when I've had to kind of follow protocols for SIBO or, you know, I've had a stressful time and I've been worried about my period. I've been able to avoid a flare with that supplement and they've always been so kind and um, kindly sent me sent me them when I when I've needed them. And now they've come out with a new supplement called the Daily, and it is a hormone balancing supplement, which is designed to help with healthy skin, stable mood, fewer cravings in your luteal phase, blood sugar balance. And they recently gifted it to me. Honestly, I said this to my client the other day. My blood sugar levels have never felt so stable as they did when I was taking that day, daily supplement. As you guys know, I I work very hard to stabilize my blood sugar levels because that will keep inflammation down and it also ensures that you have healthy balanced hormones. It's, it's really, really key. And I have a history of having really unstable blood sugar. Originally growing up, it was because of my eating disorder. But then in later years, it was much more down to firstly following a vegan diet when I didn't understand how to build my plate, a healthy blood sugar balancing plate. And secondly, because of my microbiome and my microbiome because of SIBO is 
built to actually extract more glucose from my food and cause blood sugar instability. This is actually a really key piece of blood sugar. If your blood sugar is resisting all of the strategies you're trying, that is a massive clue that your microbiome is affecting the way that your blood sugar is is being controlled in your body. So we need to work on that, work on your gut. And mine has improved mine has improved massively, but I still react much more um erratically than someone else would to blood sugar fluctuations. And I couldn't believe the difference. It was like I had a whole month of like stable blood sugar. It was incredible. And as a result, I had much more of a healthier cycle. I felt a lot more satisfied. I had less food cravings. I just felt a lot more stable in energy. So I'm a really big fan of this. And as I said, blood sugar is a huge piece to managing your hormones, hence why blood sugar is such a big part of their their supplement. So the girls have kindly given me a discount code for you guys. It will get you 20% off your first um, order, whether that's the daily or the PMS and period support capsules. And the code is ENDOLIFE, one word, all caps. So E-N-D-O-L-I-F-E. And that code is valid for the next six months, I believe. So you can use it at any time. Um, So let me know how you get on with them. I'd love to hear if you find them as amazing as I did. And I hope that they bring you a happier and healthier cycle and period. Okay, so I am back after my week break. And we are starting today with the last installment on my series about endo and our hormones. And today we're talking about testosterone. Now, there are many, many other hormones in our bodies and actually in relation to the cycle. And I've been kind of talking about them in context of these hormones throughout the series, but I'm just spotlighting these main three hormones of progesterone, estrogen, and testosterone because they play like the biggest roles in our cycle. Now, you might think that testosterone doesn't matter to people with ovaries and a uterus, but it really, really does. Whilst testosterone is much higher in people with testes, it actually plays a significant role in ovulation. So, let's take a closer look. Now, remember how we previously talked about the importance of estrogen? Well, without enough testosterone, you actually just won't have enough estrogen because most of the testosterone that we make is converted into estrogen by an enzyme called aromatase. Now, let's do a quick recap. During days three to five of your cycle, a hormone called follicle-stimulating hormone recruits a couple of follicles, which are like water balloons filled with an egg. Those are recruited or selected to begin maturing with the intention that one of them will eventually go on to ovulate. The follicles which were selected by FSH, which stands for follicle-stimulating hormone, begins making testosterone, which is in then in large part converted into estrogen. So when we say that estrogen is made in the ovaries, this is what we mean. And that kind of production of estrogen is coming from the enzyme aromatase, which is also in the ovaries. It's also in other places in the body as well. 
The rise in estrogen lets the brain know that it's time to lower follicle stimulating hormone because the follicle that has been chosen for ovulation is now happily growing away. And the body and brain knows this because estrogen is being made. This then triggers the rise in luteinizing hormone, which in turn stimulates more testosterone production, which is again largely converted into estrogen, though testosterone does peak during this time on its own as well. So this is when we're going to get the highest amount of testosterone in our, in our cycle. Testosterone then drops down again after ovulation and it remains fairly low for the remainder of the cycle. So if you looked at what testosterone looked like on a kind of graph of our cycle, it would be reasonably low in the follicular phase, start rising towards ovulation, it would peak at ovulation and then it would kind of return to levels pre-late follicular phase. Now, whilst most of your testosterone ends up as estrogen, the rest that does remain helps to boost libido. And from a biological standpoint, that's so we can increase our chances of conception around ovulation. Testosterone also has a positive effect on our mood by increasing confidence, drive, and motivation. And in short, it gives the body and mind the determination to go after a mate. On top of that, testosterone helps to build muscle mass, increases the happy hormone dopamine, supports the health of reproductive organs and the bladder, and it aids with brain function. So it's an important hormone that we want to make sure is in healthy levels. So what can go wrong with testosterone? One of the more common issues we see in our community is high levels of testosterone, often caused by a condition called polycystic ovary syndrome, which is a condition that is really prevalent in people with endometriosis. PCOS, as it's known, is normally defined by the presence of high testosterone levels, cysts on the ovaries, and a lack of ovulation or delayed ovulation, among other symptoms like hair on the chin, um, weight gain, etc. It's important to know that PCOS varies from person to person, and not everyone with PCOS will have cysts or high testosterone levels. But more often than not, high testosterone levels will be present. Now, there are a couple of different types of PCOS and causes of PCOS, and I've linked to articles for further reading in the show notes, because if we started getting into PCOS, we'd be here all day. So if you want to do further reading on that, then you can do so in the show notes. A key cause of high testosterone and PCOS is high insulin levels from dysregulated blood sugar. Now, I bang on about this a lot, but for a quick recap, Blood sugar is a measurement of glucose released from carbohydrates in the bloodstream. Glucose is our body's primary source of fuel, but too much of it can cause a lot of problems. Insulin is a hormone responsible for delivering glucose to our cells, and when we have high levels of glucose, the body pumps out more insulin to deal with it. The issue being that insulin has a direct effect on the ovaries, and high levels of it stimulate the ovaries to make too much testosterone. It also lowers sex hormone binding globulin, which is a hormone that binds up testosterone in the blood until we need it. And so without sufficient levels of sex hormone binding globulin, we have a lot of testosterone floating around and it can start creating havoc. The excess testosterone actually prevents ovulation and the follicle that was going to ovulate becomes a cyst, which is how we end up with cysts on our ovaries. So if you have cysts on your ovaries, it doesn't necessarily mean you have PCOS. Cysts are very common. It's a sign that you're not always ovulating. 
Insulin issues with PCOS may not always be caused by diet directly, but rather genetic issues. Though balancing your blood sugar is really important to help regulate insulin, even in the presence of these genetic problems. You know, if we're not looking after our blood sugar levels, it's only going to exasperate those issues. Now, there's also a condition called congenital adrenal hyperplasia. So whilst testosterone is made in the ovaries, it's also made in your adrenal glands. And this condition causes the adrenals to make too much testosterone, creating delayed or lack of ovulation. And your doctor can test you for this. High testosterone levels can cause multiple symptoms, including irregular cycles, hair loss, dark hair growth on the chest, abdomen, back, chin, and face and nipples, weight gain, acne and oily skin, insomnia and sleep disturbance, blood sugar imbalances, ovulatory pain, cysts on the ovaries, body odour and mood swings. So if you recognise any of those symptoms, I'm going to talk to you about how to get tested for high testosterone levels shortly. Just a reminder that this episode is sponsored by BU. These natural patches last for 12 hours, so they bring you prolonged relief and can begin working on relaxing your muscles before the pain kicks in, so you're prepared even if your period comes during the middle of the day. Some people even find that wearing them a night before their period can really help soothe the inflammation in the area. To shop, just head to link in my show notes. So now let's look at our other common problem, low testosterone. Low testosterone is commonly caused by birth control, and I see this a lot in my clients who are coming off birth control. Most forms of birth control stunt ovulation, and the lead up to ovulation is what aids in testosterone production. So when we halt the natural cycle, the production of testosterone is lowered. Additionally, the pill specifically raises levels of that sex hormone binding globulin, which we discussed earlier, and that binds to testosterone. These levels, these high levels of sex hormone binding globulin can stay elevated post-pill for years. So even though testosterone production is occurring, the testosterone can't be used because it's bound up. Now, we can test for this by checking our free testosterone levels, which is the measure of the unbound testosterone, and I'll give you more guidance on how to do that shortly. But for me, even seven years post-pill, my sex hormone binding globulin is still high and my free testosterone is low. I only just discovered this, by the way. I only just did the test. Now, of course, birth control isn't the only thing which would stunt ovulation or ovarian function. As we discussed earlier in this series, stress is a key culprit and high cortisol can lower the output of all sex hormones, including testosterone. And that stress can be in the form of lack of nutrients, inflammation, illness, and mental or emotional stress. It can take many forms. Signs of low testosterone include increased pelvic pain, fatigue, low moods and low self-esteem, brain fog and slow cognitive function, low libido, painful sex, vaginal dryness, and difficulty building muscle. Now, like the other hormones, you can test your testosterone levels with a simple blood test. But the dried urine sample test, the Dutch test, will be the most accurate and in-depth. Whereas a blood test will be accurate, but it will only be giving you a snapshot of what your levels are doing at that one time. 
And also the standard blood test usually done by your, by your GP is not going to provide you with your free testosterone levels. They usually only check your total testosterone levels. So we really usually want to get this test done privately. It's about 70 pounds. For the blood test, you should take your test in the morning between 7 a.m. and 10 a.m. as that's when testosterone is at its highest. You can take your test at any point in cycle, but if you're testing your other hormones like estrogen on day three, now apart from progesterone, remember that test comes around day 21 of your cycle, then you can do them all together. So you can do your testosterone with your estrogen. For the Dutch test, you need to follow the timings and instructions accurately, and they may vary depending on what type of Dutch test you do, because there are a couple. My preferred Dutch test is the cycle mapping one because it literally tests what your hormones are doing every single day of your cycle. So it's incredibly insightful. Now, the Dutch test will check all of your hormones, but the blood test won't. So what you need to do is ensure that your test, your blood test is taking free testosterone, which looks at the amount of testosterone, which is not bound up by sex hormone binding globulin, that it also checks for your total testosterone which is the total amount of free testosterone and bound testosterone. And then if you can, we want to test your sex hormone binding globulin too. Now, I've linked to a couple of tests in the show notes that provide these levels. Ideally, if you can, you want to test all of your androgens, which are the group of hormones that testosterone belongs to. And these can also have effects on your testosterone levels or mimic the symptoms of high or low testosterone. Now, not all tests are going to do that. I've linked to a couple that provide as many as you can that I can find. If your test results come back with high testosterone levels, I would suggest doing further testing into PCOS. However, blood sugar imbalances can be responsible for elevated levels, right? So focus on addressing this root cause too, because even if you do have PCOS, it's going to help. If your free testosterone levels are low and your sex hormone binding globulin is elevated, it may be from a history of birth control. So I suggest that you work with a practitioner to help you address this. There are some other causes of high sex hormone binding globulin levels as well. If your testosterone levels are low, it's important to support healthy follicular and ovulatory phases as we need the ovaries to be functioning optimally for testosterone to be made. Because some of your testosterone is also made in your adrenal glands, which control your stress response, addressing stress and possible HPA axis dysfunction is really important here too. Now, we address all of these root causes in my Live and Thrive with Endo course and in my one-to-one work, but the course isn't out until autumn this year. So I've linked to a couple of my podcasts and extra resources to help you learn more and start tackling these issues. And of course, if you want to work with me one-on-one, then you can just go to my coaching page and apply to work with me there. Now, because blood sugar imbalances stress a body, whether your testosterone levels are high, low, or actually great, balancing your blood sugar is one of the best ways to keep testosterone levels healthy or get them back on track. And I've linked to some of my resources and my masterclass on blood sugar in the show notes. So that's it. I hope that you have found this series on your hormones really helpful. I hope you now understand the benefits of having healthy levels of hormones and not just kind of shutting them down completely or not having higher levels. Um, And you can kind of see the role that they play in endometriosis, in menstruation, in your cycle, 
why and when things can go wrong. And I mean, specifically in the case of testosterone, it's not so much going to be directly affecting your endometriosis, but it could be contributing to your pelvic pain or your painful sex if your levels are low. And it could also be playing a role in PCOS, which is very common in people with endometriosis. So I hope this has been helpful and insightful, and I hope the resources give you um, a plan for the next steps. So that's it. Thank you so much for listening. If you want to find out more about what I do or read more on endometriosis and living well with it, um, you can head to my Instagram page, which is this underscore endolife. Um, you can head to my website, which is www.thisendolife.com. And you can also get um, a free guide to managing endometriosis naturally on my website. Um, I've put the link in my show notes. It's a beginner's guide to getting started and all of the areas that I um, have worked on to help reduce my endometriosis symptoms and pain and live well with endometriosis. As always, if you like this show, please rate, review and or subscribe really truly does help others to hear the podcast and hopefully will help them to live better with endometriosis this episode was produced by the pod farm whether you're an established podcaster or just getting started visit thepodfarm.com to see how they can help you go from an idea to a finished show that's ready to be heard by the world 